Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us into your presence again this evening. Father, tonight I would like to clarify something on the two witnesses. Because we are receiving a lot of prophetic words from you. And people are thinking that uh, because you're saying that the two witnesses are ready, your two witnesses are ready, they don't quite understand the meaning of this. And Lord, I pray that you will help the people understand this. Dear Lord, from the scriptures tonight. And Lord, they're also interpreting Daniel chapter 9. And I would like to give some clarity to that because it's very important we get this correct. And Lord, in the doing of this, I would like to explain the way of fasting that Daniel did, the prophet Daniel, so that the people might understand the way of the spirits and why these, wor these words and these scriptures that Daniel is speaking have to be understood in the way of your words and in the way of your spirits, the way of your seven spirits, specifically the way of your four spirits. Because these are the ones where to give the strength on the earth and the counsel and understanding and wisdom and so forth. And to bring the Spirit of the Lord on the earth. This is very important for us to understand. And I would like to describe these, the fastings that Daniel did quickly. And just take a look at them so that people might understand this and, and give a deeper meaning or maybe a better way of understanding these scriptures. First off, I'd like to point out that this isn't the time that the two witnesses will actually be on the earth, but it's a warning that you're giving that they're ready and it should be a sign to the people of this time to get ready because they're not and they don't understand Daniel 9, uh, 24 to 20, uh, 27. And I'm going to go over those again tonight. And perhaps by going over it again, we'll get better understanding and maybe say it in a little bit better way that the people might understand it. But I'd also like to give a little background on Daniel, the prophet, that we might understand the name, the work um, that's being done there, that Daniel is doing. And kind of a history, there's a Daniel in the Bible besides Daniel the prophet. That's very important to us, but we don't know much about it. And dear Lord, we pray that you'll help in this, because I don't think this uh, child lived a long time, but uh, dear Lord, it was important what the name was given to it. And Lord, I pray that we would understand it. <clears throat> Dear Lord, uh, let's start with Revelation 11, where we talk about the two witnesses. And just take a look at one of the factors that must be completed before the two witnesses can come forward. It says, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And then it says, And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. 
These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemy. See, the fire that comes out is the word of God, and it's going to judge, judge them at that time. Now, I want to point out that it's talking about 1,260 days, which is 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are Elijah and Enoch. They're the only ones that haven't died. And they must come forward and complete this, their sacrifice. But you've taken away the sacrifice. You're going to do something very special with them. You're going to raise them up from the dead after three and a half days after the Antichrist time. Now, we need to understand that if they are here in the time when the Antichrist will have its power, then we need to understand this by accordance to Daniel 7, 9 to 14, Revelation 17, 9 to 14, and Daniel 9, 24 to 27. If we will look at those verses very carefully, we will see that it says very clearly in Daniel 7:12 that the Lord is going to destroy the beast kingdom and he's taken away their dominion for a season and a time. Now, people need to understand that the Lord is going to destroy them by his word. So in his word, he's going to, he has to do it by what he says in John 12, 48. He has to judge them by the words. The destruction of all people at this time is a trial. We, were on, we are in judgment before the Lord. Everybody is. There's not one of us that's held uh, without judgment at this time because the Lord says all of us are caught in a snare in Luke um, 21, 34 to 36. So we have to understand that God has been in the heavens since the time when the words were open, which was what caused the entrance of his, of his light, which was the beginning of his day, which is what's said in Zechariah 14, 7, and testified to in Psalms 119, 130. And we should understand this because God never changes his ways. And he tells us in Genesis on the fourth day that he put the lights in the heavens. The, the lights in the firmament. But before he put the lights, in the, the words in the firmament, he put the words in us. In Isaiah 51, 16, he tells us that he put his words in us before he planted, uh, and he covered us with his hand before he planted the heavens. So we have to understand that we were of the elements brought out from the, the waters into the firmament, into the earth. In other words, we came through the, from the waters, the particles were made in the waters, and then we were brought out of that. Um, that is a, uh, like a, you know, like the earth is a, a thing, the firmament is a thing, and the waters is a place. In other words, the, the heavens, the firmament holds all four heavens in the shape of a pyramid. We are in the bottom heaven. Number one, because the second heaven is shadow of death, and the third heaven is um, the the paradise. And above that is the capstone where the four living creatures are. And then above the firmament, the point of the firmament, is the throne of God. It's in the very center of all the creation. 
Because outside of the firmament, there's other things. There's the place called the waters. There's the place called the deep. And there's a place called the abyss. And outside of the abyss, the walls of the abyss is a cube. Because he says all his um, works are done in truth. And his truth reaches unto the clouds. So we know that there's walls of clouds that hold all things inside of it. Because God put a barrier out there. And he put a barrier between the abyss and the deep, and another barrier, which the, the deep is inside the abyss. It's, he, he says it's like a ball. And then there's a ball, which is the waters that's inside the ball of the, you could call it a spear, a ball, whatever you want to call it, it's gigantic. And inside that is, is the, um, the waters. And then inside the waters, he separated the waters and placed the firmament in it. And the firmament is uh, below us. And he says that his, um, the, above the throne of God is, is the waters. In other words, it's above and it's all the way around. Because it's a ball and we sit inside of it. But we are cast out of the heavens, out of the waters, into the deep or through the deep. There's a pit that goes all the way out. It's a channel that goes all the way out. So that is the shape of the heavens and so forth. It's important for us to understand this. Because when you're looking at the, um, the, the whole creation of God, we're trying to discern these places where people are and so forth. And, uh, you know, what the work of the heavens is. The work of the heavens is to separate. The work of the firmament is to separate those who go up and down. Now, he's telling us this is by the word. All things are made by the word of God. Uh, Psalms 33, 4 tells us. Um, that uh, by his truth, all his work is done in truth. That's true in every way. It's, you know, he calls the outer walls of the creation called truth. The whole creation itself has the name of truth. Although the work of bringing forth all truth, that's why it's called truth, because the, the name represents the work it's to do for God. So it's to separate everything, separate evil, separate darkness, and keep them separate. In eternity, the deep will be emptied into the abyss, and there will be no more deep. It'll just be an empty expanse between the waters and the abyss. That is when the great white throne judgment uh, is done. And then they'll never come back over there. Those cast out will never come back over there once the great white throne is done. So the heavens will be in the waters, which is the storehouses of God, which is mentioned in Psalms 104. And then we see this in Ezekiel 1, for example, that God's throne is above the firmament. However, his judgment throne is a special throne set up in the capstone, inside the top fourth heaven, which is the capstone of the Lord, where the four living creatures are, because it says that throne is in the midst of them uh, during the judgment time, which is talking about in Revelation 4, and again in Revelation, uh, Daniel 7, 9 and 10. So we can understand that is where that is. So we have to understand all these things because the words have special meanings. They explain all these things. And the Lord tells us if we will come to him, if we will hear of his words and come to him, he'll pour out his spirit on us and cause us to know his words. You can't get that with the, the Crown Trust, for example, who runs the world right now. They have admiralty law and they've given special meanings to words that deceive the people. When the people say a certain word like living and so forth, that is not something that that it means that. In other words, 
they ha they have a different meaning for words, and that's how they've made their law system. So it's total deception. That's why it is actually a contract law instead of common law. But to the people, they call it common law. But to them, they know it's merchant law, contract law, and and they also know that they set it up in a, a total uh, way of words that are just not understood by the people. It's all made in deception. That's why the courts look like a ship's dock, uh, because it's admiralty law, which is military law, and it's contract merchant law, and is not common law, and the citizens actually have zero rights. It is a facade. They make it look like you come to court, they spend all this money on lawyers and everything else. End of the day, their system, the Crown Trust, the Washington, D.C., and these other leaders, they don't have to come before any court. So you can go to any common court and get a ruling against these people, and you'll never get it uh, delivered. The only one that can deliver a judgment against them is God, and he's going to deliver that now. And that's why we're in this time of the separation judgment. Now, I've rambled on here. Let me get back to a point. A point is, in Daniel 7, 11 to 12, it tells us that the, the day of the Lord, the dominion of the Lord, is a season and time when the when the dominion has been removed by God, by the hand of God, from this um, beast kingdom. And the Lord is telling us from the beginning of the day of the Lord that he was ready. He says in Revelation 18.1, Babylon has fallen, but we will not listen. We are stubborn like the people of Israel in Jesus' time. We refuse to hear the truth. We refuse to understand how God is set up to overthrow this beast kingdom. We refuse to see that there is an appointed time of a season and time when this beast kingdom cannot reign, and he will destroy the present one, give this time of the Lord a season and time to him. We wouldn't come out all through the night. We, would, we didn't come out through the evening. We didn't come out at midnight. We didn't come out at the rooster crowing, and now we're in the morning. But now we're in the morning of the day of the Lord. But in the clock of the day of the Lord, the last season of the winter, the dominion was given, taken away from these people officially. In other words, Babylon has fallen, but now they're ruling with no authority of God. The beast kingdom, the crown trust, the governments of the world, the presidents, all of them are holding an illegal, unlawful office because God has given dominion to the Lord since the beginning of winter. He says, don't let your flight be in the winter. Because why? Because the Lord reigns. And, you know, he's telling us we're foolish in this. And the, the thing about it is we're supposed to come out. The Lord wants us to come out. Even in the winter, we should come out because he's full of mercy and full of grace. And he's delaying his punishment. But the judgment has been decreed. See, when he says dominion has been taken away from the world for a season and a time, means the judgment has been rendered. That's why he says, don't let your flight be in the winter or on the Sabbath in Matthew 24, 21. The Sabbath is the seven-year reign of Christ, which tells us that every person on earth has been judged by the God, on, as it says in the judgment in in Revelation 4 and in Daniel 7, 9 to 10. So God has made the judgment by the mercy and the grace of the Lord. 
that judgment book has not been shut yet. Your judgment is written, and everybody is caught in a snare. We don't believe that we're judged. We feel like, oh, we're getting prophetic word. We're getting healings. We're getting miracles. We're praying the Lord has given us answers. Read Matthew 7, 21 to 23, and you'll see that's not that impressive. Because the Lord says that those people are lawless. And they, even though they call them Lord, Lord, they're going to find themselves shut out. But you'll notice that all through the winter, the Lord has been calling out for the people to receive the words of knowledge. The words of knowledge. Now, if the two witnesses are coming for 42 months, which is the time of one hour, and the Lord is going to reign from a season and a time, like the Lord has already been given dominion at the beginning of the time. Dominion was taken away from these people of the world. God has control, and he's giving it to his son. That is now in effect because the morning has come of the day of the Lord. The technical morning of the day of the Lord has come. But to his people, morning has not come. To those who have received his word, the morning has come. But only if we are going forth and doing the ways of righteousness. The very fact that the Lord said dominion was taken away from these people means dominion was given to God. He took it himself and he is judging the people. The separation judgment, he will send out his son and they will take away the, the I mean, they will separate the people. That's going to be very quickly. But please understand that there's something going on here. The Lord is saying an interesting thing. And he's saying there's silence in heaven for a time of about a half an hour. It may be that the Lord delays the time of the, of the judgment, you know, during this time, because he's saying that there's nothing from heaven. But I don't think that's it. I think what the Lord is doing is he's given his son because he set up the evening with seven years, the night with seven years, the morning with seven years, and the... Um, afternoon with this and the other factor is he says he's going to destroy these people in that day so it tells us that it, the morning is when the destruction is going to come upon him by his appointed time because he's delayed because we did not come out he called us and i've tried to tell the people that the world system was ready to go to war all that time because they're waiting on the signal from god who's waiting on the signal from his people but there is a point in time where the God says stop, and that's morning. That's now. And he tells us, you can see this in Matthew 24, you don't know when. Evening, midnight, rooster crowing, or morning. He doesn't say in the afternoon of the day. He doesn't say that. It's going to be a time where he has to finish it out. And he has to finish it from the morning. So what I'm saying to you is the clock is running. But a time, as I've shown you from the book of Revelation, is clearly identified as seven years. A time, a time, and a half time. Daniel 9 tells us that the Lord will reign for seven years. In other words, this timing of the clock. Understand, he says this 70th week, this seven-year time, we have a job to do. We must anoint the king. And we better do it before the first three years. You better do it in the first year because in the second year, 
It's a problem. It's the wisdom of God. We're in the now starting the seventh year. I believe that the technical time is April 6th. Because in April 6, 2003, the words come. But April 6th now is the very first day of Passover week. Very interesting. Then he cleans out the temple. Then he come in as king on that day. It's very interesting. That That is the first day of the Passover week, according to the Lord's calendar. Not by the, the, the wrong Jewish calendar we keep now or the wrong Gentile keep now, calendar we keep now, but the one that's described in the Bible. It's been made known by people that this is the calendar. And it's been made known, it's in the history books, that they changed the calendar to a fixed week calendar in 350 A.D. And it's in the Jewish encyclopedia. But they want to deny it. It's there. So we know that this is the time. Now, I'm saying this. If there's seven years of the day of the Lord that when he reigns, we know that it's only the last three and a half years of that time frame that the two witnesses are on the earth. That's the best understanding you can get. The only change to that could possibly be is if God is saying when that silence in Revelation 8 is on, uh, in Revelation 8, it talks to be silence for a time of about a half an hour. But I don't think that's it at all. I think that's the time God has given this example uh, now as he's about to take his light from the world. In other words, all those who are not set apart by truth, the, the door of invitation is going to be shut because this invitation that we have right now, this seven years, is to anoint the Most High. This is that seven years. This comes before the Antichrist reigns. This comes during the reign of the fifth beast kingdom of Daniel 7, 11 to 12, that he's going to destroy, the Babylon that he's going to destroy in Revelation 18, Ezekiel 38. That's talking about this time. There's another Ezekiel 38 type war that comes at the end of the millennium when the devil leads it. That's a different one, completely different. This is the, the Ezekiel 38 war that's been prepared for a long time. And it's the one that's now. So, okay, we have this. What I'm trying to say is it's impossible for the two witnesses to come now. But what the Lord is saying, their time is ready. Because what he's saying when he's saying his two witnesses are ready means he's taken over dominion. Because when the father took over dominion, the time, which is the winter season, so when he says his two witnesses are ready, what the Lord is saying, the clock has started. In other words, dominion has been removed from the beast kingdoms and has been given to the, the Lord. And the Lord is ready to come, but if we don't obey Joel 2, 12 to 20, then he will not come for us. He's waiting on his bride to set apart. God is determining this. But there's a time when God's patience goes out, and it's very quickly. I would say by the summer of this year, if we have not come out, that's the time of the harvest. But in the spring, the fishermen must come of Jeremiah 16, 15 to 18. These who desire to go forth with his words with authority. And please remember that there's something extremely important that we're missing. And that is the, 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 the message in Revelation 7, 16 to 22, excuse me, Revelation 3, 16 to 22, the seventh church, the seventh called out assembly. God gives a command there, an instruction, if you 
remember that the seventh spirit of God is the spirit of strength and rest. Rest is strengthening in the word of God. And if you want to get that strength in the word of God, if you think you know the scriptures, if you think you're filled with righteousness, that you absolutely know the truth, then you need to back up. Because if you're doing anything but confirming the covenant, the new covenant of God, it's wrong in my opinion. And from the scriptures, it bears witness to it. No matter how you want to take the scriptures and interpret any other way, this is a time where God is coming as a son of righteousness, the morning son of righteousness. The only way you get into the kingdom of God is first doing the harvest. If you want to be of God, be a fisherman right now. A fisherman goes out and speaks the words of truth. The two witnesses are coming after this, and God has given you a warning by telling you they're ready, meaning the clock has started. The clock has started from the winter time. Now we've started the morning time right now. It's coming to that time right now. We're in that time. And what happens at that time? This is when the Lord is saying that they're coming. And I believe it starts, the morning should start technically on April 6th. On that, for, Isn't it interesting that April 6th this year falls on the same date that the Lord came in joyously into the kingdom? Into the, into the city as king. And he threw out the money changers. What's going to happen to the prosperity ministers when they realize the truth that they're, you know, the, 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 I've explained to you the world system. I've been in meetings with these people and the, it's been clear they're going to bankrupt this nation. It's been the plan from the beginning. It's always going to be bankrupt. It don't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you invest in. It doesn't matter what you have. God has told you he's going to take away all your prosperity. He's going to take away all your wealth if you will not come out. He's going to do it to all those of the world. When the light goes out of the world, they will not work. And they're going to beg. And they're going to steal. They're going to do everything they can because they're going to do what's in their heart when the restrainer leaves them. If their heart is for good, they'll turn quickly and come to the truth. Because with the truth, God says, I'll deliver you through these troubles. As he says in John 9, 4, 5. But if you waited too long, he may not protect you. He said, go buy from those who sell in Matthew, the parable of the ten virgins. Those who sell. You're going to learn the lesson is what he's saying. You're going to learn what it's like, the words, because you're going to see it. You're going to receive the punishments of it. You know, people are going to lose their hair because the boils are going to be on their head and all over the body. Their bones are going to wither. Sexual organs are going to wither. Those who are wicked, those who have done evil. I can't even imagine what these people, a plan Planned Parenthood is going to happen to them. They've even admitted now, it's on video, that they kill the babies that are born alive. It's murder. Our government now, Attorney General California is arresting or bringing 15 charges against the people who filmed these people stating their criminal acts. And this is the time of God's judgment on these. And I can't imagine being that judge that did this. This is a time when God is going to judge them and he's going to bring upon them the withering of the bones. He's going to show them what it's like to be in a womb because that's what it was said to, to Miriam when she got this plague of Tetzara. Um, Aaron said to it, it's, it's like a stillborn. In other words, it's not all formed. The, the flesh is eaten away. This is the worst plague that's ever come on the earth. God is bringing it. And that's what's going to get to these people like these are, that did the abortion. He, he's going to show them the way of his words. 
In other words, what they did in sins, they're going to pay back double. He says they're going to pay back double for what they've done and double for what they're planning to do. He, he says it in Jeremiah, they're going to pay for their iniquity and pay for their sin. The sin is what they're planning to do. It's sin when you think it. And then he says the, the iniquity is that they've done this. That's So they're going to get punished double for what they did and double for what they're planning to do. And this guy made that ruling. These Planned Parenthood have done this and sold the bodies, sold the tissues. And all these companies putting the fetal tissues in everything from, from oh my goodness, in, into makeup, into drinks, soft drinks, all kinds of things. Even into the vaccinations that they're giving people and telling them, you need this for the flu or you need this for this virus or that virus. God is going to strike them so badly because it's in the scriptures, double for what they've done. Because that's an abomination of God. They're killing his innocent ones. He created them back before. When day three, he put them in the earth. And day one, he knew them. He says, we're of the earth. And the earth was created on day one, was it not? He planned us from the beginning. He knew our works and everything. And then he gave us a blessing to do that works that he planned for us. He gave us our words, Isaiah 51, 16, before he planted the heavens. He put them in and he protected us so that the, the words would not harm us until we come forth in our given time. And he brings them, puts them in a the womb, and they don't understand this. And now they're even trying to pervert what goes into the womb. He said in Psalms, uh, Proverbs 1, 23, you'll let them have their, uh, Proverbs 1, 20 to 33, he said, you'll let them have their way until the judgment time, and then he'll punish them. And we're in separation judgment time now. This is the morning of the separation judgment. It should happen this summer. At some point, he's going to judge us by the harvest we do this summer. But you can look for the Feast of Tabernacle of the plague starting right after that, I believe. But they'll know the plagues before that, as it says in Revelation 6. They will know it. I thought they would come out in the night. I couldn't envision the people not turning in the night when they had the opportunity to have the word sealed and his dominion start. We are living on dangerous ground. We will not hear. We will not believe. We just want to believe whatever we want to believe. We can't even interpret the scriptures right, but we're, you know, we believe we can. Now let's go on, because I've shown you here that the, the two witnesses are coming for the last 42 months, the last three and a half years of the seven-year reign of Christ, which is just now starting. And when he tells you they're coming, it means and they're, they're ready. What he's saying is he prepared them. They, they are ready to go. And, you know, they could be here, but we, they're not coming forward until that 42 months. Because his two witnesses are them. This is what he's talking about. He said he would send a messenger to make known that the messenger of the covenant is coming. That's in Malachi 3. Please understand that the Lord is trying to get us. We have to overcome. This is our judgment. This is our time. We've been judged our judgment's written in the book, but we have a chance to erase that if we turn quickly. But if we will not turn quickly, that judgment, that book is going to close. And he's going to come and separate us on the earth. And how's he going to do it? And I tell you what he's going to do first. You know, right now he's going to have a revival. He's going to send out his fishermen. They're going to understand it. Now, I started to tell you something important. Remember when Paul was on his way to Damascus and the Lord struck him with light suddenly? He came as like light. The light is the entrance of the words. And then he puts scales on his eyes. He says, why are you stumbling against the goads? In other words, he was telling them what the answer is that he didn't understand. Because Ecclesiastes 12, 11 tells you. 
It's the words of the one shepherd. And he is the one shepherd, the only one that can teach the good news because he's the only one who can give you the authority to have the spirit of God come into you and receive it because it cannot enter. The spirit of truth cannot enter those of the world. John 14, 15, 17 and 2 Corinthians 12, 1 to 4. So we have to see that. So now we know that, the, that this is what the Lord is talking about. When he's talking about the prophetic word, the two witnesses, he's telling you the timing. The timing is his dominion has started. That's what he's preaching. There's lots of people with lots of works and lots of callings right now. But he's talking about these two witnesses that the people are reading in Revelation 11. That's what he's talking about. And that's why he's saying it. Because it's one and the same. When he says that the season and time has started, when he says that he's coming for the judgment, all this is pointing to that seven years in one season. We've already gone through the season. Now we're in the time, seven years. And at the back end of this is when the 42 months of him coming. What we don't know is when this separation judgment's coming because that's the one controlled by God. But the right of dominion over the earth has been given to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you read carefully in Daniel 9:24, you'll see that the Lord tells us there that this is what the seventh week is all about. He's telling us here, this is the work of the, the, the 70 weeks. Let me read it from 22 to 24. And he informed me, this is Gabriel talking to him. I mean, it's Dan, uh, Daniel talking about Gabriel talking to him. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, you, for you are a greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. See, this is what it's all about. This is, we've got to bring an end to sin. This is what this whole thing is. Seventy weeks. At the end of that, these people that are left behind are judged. God gives them a chance to turn. But 70 weeks, the king is king, and he goes up. And they know he's king. Even though they take dominion on the earth, he allows them to have it for 42 months, the Antichrist, first the ten kings and the Antichrist. They reign at the same time. They, the darkness has come on the earth. In other words, the light has gone out of the world completely. Here in the morning, the light is going to go out because there's going to be a famine of the word that is different than the plague that's going to be on the earth during a time, the plague of darkness, which means the absence of the restrainer. But people will not turn on their own, even when they see the evil. You know, there's still within us, within our blood from the very beginning, there's this, this thing like the salmon have. They, they want to go upstream. We should know that when we see evil, we should turn to good. God put it all in all of us. And you see that example in the bull judgments. God is saying, even though he did these plagues and they did these plagues, he says, and they would not turn, and they would not turn, and they would not turn. It was in their genes not to be homosexual. It was in their genes to be what? Their, uh, the genes, if they follow the way of the God created us, 
they would turn from evil and do good when they see evil. And he's going to cause them to see the evil and the punishment evil gets again. The third time. The first time's a seal jet. The second time, which is what we're going through now, and we're the seven trumpets are watching. They're, those angels are ready to sound. They're waiting and watching. It's a time of silence in heaven for about half an hour. See, the Lord is going to give these plagues. He's going to allow these people to do what they want. But the dominion on the earth has been given to the Lord. Even though he's gone out of the world, all the world and all everything is given to him. It's the choice to give this judgment to the people. It's a choice. He tells you in Daniel 7, 13 to 14, that the father gives the, the dominion to his son. It's there waiting for us. We have to bring him forward. In other words, as Daniel was asking the question, when will my people turn? And it's taken us all this time till now, and our job is to turn. Our job is to do what it says in Daniel 7, I mean, Joel 2, 12 to 20, and let the bridegroom come and allow the Father to allow us, or you know, allow his words to pursue and throw the, the northern army far away from us. But we are not allowing this, even though we know that they're killing the abortion children, that they have idols everywhere, that, you know, they're going to, I've told you, they're going to bankrupt this nation and they're going to um, basically commit genocide on the whole earth, which is what the Lord is telling us in Matthew 24, 21 to 22, Mark 13, 19 to 20. But we will not listen. He's telling us a prophetic word. Get the knowledge of truth. Get the words of wisdom you do not know. And people don't look at Matthew 7, 21 to 23 and say, gee, didn't these people call on the name of the Lord? And he says they're lawless. Why? And, you know, forget the prosperity preachers. They, they're not even considered in that. God considers them like the money changers in the temple. They're all going to be cast out and punished and beaten for what they've done. They saw visions of these prosperity ministers. David Wilkerson talked about they're going to be chasing them to the streets and into the country and into the, everywhere they go. They're going to be chased. They're going to be running for their lives because the people are so angry with them. Because they took their money on the idea that they're going to prosper. You're not going to prosper. They're going to bankrupt the economy. Donald Trump was put there for this purpose. You can see it. He's got the people around him that run bankruptcies. His commerce secretary is the greatest bankruptcy guy working for the Crown Trust. He reported to the Crown Trust, ran their banking system for 25 years. They got him out of that. And you can see why now. They're bringing him in to do this. And the American government people, the the Crown Trust military arm runs the world's militaries, all of them. It's an orchestrated plot. The lady that runs the Crown Trust genocide program is in America. And they're working closely with the people from Washington, D.C., which run the, the tra terrorist training for all the nations. All the nations. Even their secret service trainings is done here. And now they have armies of China and the rest of it. And they've dispersed our armies all over the world. This is all coming. This all has to come so that the people can be judged. See, God is giving them their choice and they're going to show what they desire. He's given out the knowledge of his words, just like the message when Jesus came the first time he had the words known. The Lord has said this and he's told us the bridegroom, our Lord, is ready to come and take dominion. He's going to reign from heaven, but he's going to be in, you know, he's going to show up. But basically he's going to 
of the evil. He's coming to, to set the people apart. You may not see him. I don't think you'll see him. He's going to run from heaven. Because see, the people of the world have tried to take his position. And he's going to reign from there with a rod of iron. Because it's like the pyramid. You see the, the a mass of Masonic pyramid, and they always put the queen at the top. She's running it. The Pope and all them are under them. I've been in meetings proven that. I've shown you. I have paperwork. I've told you from the people. It's proven that the Pope is underneath them. They appoint the Pope. The Queen is the Holy Roman Empress. She considers herself in charge of all things. She's the one dictating what religion is coming forward. They're making a one world religion that they're going to put in place. It's not Muslim. It's not any of these things. It's the based on this Noahide covenant of morality laws that they've created. And they're bringing that forth. And they got a false messiah coming to fool the people. Everything's a deceit with them. They're training them just like they train the presidents and put them in place. You don't elect them. You don't even have a right to elect them. We're only actually citizens of the District of Columbia. We're not citizens of the states as we think. That's what a shame that all this is in. But anyway, what he's telling us here, we have to anoint the most holy. That means it's done for that work of that. Now, let's go on down here. Matthew, uh, Daniel 9.25, Now therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again and the moat. People say the wall. What is, you know, because they say, well, the wall, the moat surrounds the wall. No. What it means is a separation. The Lord says we must be separated by truth. His truth is clouds. In other words, the words of truth, you, you know, they don't have a wall. But the Lord is saying if they receive the words, that word is the wall. Satan can't come into it because if we are given the full measure of the four spirits, we have the counsel of the Lord, which Satan cannot offend. And the moat is the symbolic thing of the separation between us and Satan. That word is moat in Hebrew. It's not the wall. It's the moat. Even in troublesome time, these are the times of trouble. And this is when it's going to be built. Because the words, it was always ready to be built. The words were always ready by God, but none of the people to this generation would not turn. But we are the appointed generation. And the greatness of the thing about Paul I was telling you about is when the Lord appeared to him, he struck him with, with, the, with, with the blindness. He had like scales over his eyes for three days until he sent the anointed one to touch him. Now, please understand that the Lord tells us in the seventh church that we are to anoint our eyes with eye salve. And I'll get a place to provide the right kind of eye salve so that people can get it. it, it we should use like a colloidal um In other words, there's a certain kind of clay, but in a clay we should use it's pure. Because it's made from the the sea type thing, and then um, purified from that, and then you have the the I mean, there's a the, the, I'm sorry about the bentonite clay. Let me not explain that right now. I need to, I read it up again. And I forgot how it is. But anyway, you put the colloidal silver or colloidal gold with this, and then you put it on the eyes. You can use anything. I mean, you can, Jesus spit and took took sand from the earth, the dirt from the earth, and spit it, made a clay, and put it on the guy's eyes. Eyelids. Why? It's because we are to put the words of God 
in our eye, uh, over our eyelids. Our eyes are to be a frontlet to his words are to be frontlets to our eyes. Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, Deuteronomy 11, 18 to 21. And he tells us in Revelation 3, 14 to 22, to anoint our eyes with eye salve. And the eye salve is what he talked about, you know, when he did the blind men, he took earth and he spit in it and he put it on there. Now, somebody without the words doing that, is it doing any good? Yes, if you, if you do it with the understanding of what it's doing, what you're asking for, remember Isaiah 51, 16. We were in the earth. The words were put us in us when we're in the earth. We've lost that grip. We're asking the Lord. It's like being baptized and taken back again. Because we're asking the Lord to put the words in our eyes. We've probably been baptized, but we didn't see the words. We've not been able to discern the words. It's like he said in John 8, 43 to 47. We haven't... Um, we, you know, we haven't discerned his speech because we don't know his words. And we're asking him to put the words as frontlets to our eyes so we can see them, identify them in the scriptures, identify them in the things that God does. He said in Romans 1, 18 to 25, we should be able to look at the creation and understand it, the words. You know, when you go back to the guys, Belazi, what his name is, and, and the other guy that built the, the tabernacle, the key two guys that built the tabernacle that God gave them the talent. He also says he gave them the talent to teach others. See, he made the tabernacle in the design he gave them, and God doesn't do anything that's not in the way of his seven spirits, in the way of his words. So those people, when they were doing the tabernacle, they were learning. And when they had it all finished and they waited that time, what do you think they're really doing? They're learning. They were learning from Kislev up until uh, Nisan 1. You know, take a look at that. It's about three months' time. They're learning. And on the fourth month, they put it up, and God appears. The cloud of the, uh, appears over it. But it's understanding. It's growing the way of the words and the way of the Spirit. And they learn by that. The same as this. When we anoint the eye salve, we're asking for the Lord to teach us, because he said, if we will come to him, turn to him, that's a way of showing the Lord, I'm turning to you by anointing my eyes with eye salve, that they will learn. And we have, we'll provide, and you can get it from the source. I'll try to make it known on the website, and I'll see if I can get that done. They made it excellent before. And if you want to get it, you can do whatever you desire to do. Do what God leads you to do. But this will be available to people if they want it. I'll, I'll try to make sure that that's made available if I can. And I'll let you know in a, a day or two if I'm successful in that. But they made it for us before, and we used it to anoint people with ice, with, with the ice have, uh, over their eyes. And it's an excellent thing. Uh, you can, it came in a canister, and you can take it around and anoint people with it. But make sure you understand you need it yourself, and you need to get the words it's in you. But ask the Lord. The purpose of it is to ask the Lord, Proverbs 1.23, to make known his words to you so that you can see him in what he's created, see them in the scriptures, and let his spirit guide you in that. That's a way to begin coming to the knowledge of the words. And fast three days before you do that, like Paul did. He laid on the bed without anything. And you know that when he heard that, you know, this was the Lord Jesus, shocked him. And then he, he said, he's the Lord. And then he said, you're stumbling. Why are you stumbling into goads? Which is the word of the Messiah. The Messiah was sent into the world, Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, to say his words. The God's words, bear witness to them. 
and bear witness to the works of them. And that's what he did. He talked about the words and people wouldn't understand. You don't understand my words, he said. And after he gave the spirit to the disciples, he was able, he told them, these are the words I spoke to you while I was with you because you couldn't understand it then. But now you got the spirit and the spirit is going to do what? It's going to cause them to know those words. It opens up the scriptures so they understand it. Luke 24, 44 and 45. So that's what's marvelous. There's much more on this message I'd like to go. And maybe what I'll do is tomorrow night I'll come back and I'll talk to you about Daniel. I want to talk to you about the 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 name uh, from history going back to Abigail. There's something very special there. And also I want to talk to you about the types of fast that he did. Why did he fast 21 days? And why did the Lord show up on the 24th day? That was the Lord that showed up. And I can show you why that's the Lord. You can see it very clearly, I believe, in the scriptures. And then also in this fast, I, it doesn't say 21 days that I can see. I don't believe in Daniel uh, 9. Uh, it doesn't start off that way. It says in the first year of Darius, the son of Asarius, the, in the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make a request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I've always thought this was 21 days. I don't see it in here. And when I thought about it and how this was done, it could well be seven days. I'm going to do more studying on this tonight, but uh, there's reasons for that, and I'll show you through it tomorrow. I've been led to understand this today, and I don't see the 21 in this thing unless I'm missing something. I've always understood it's 21, but that's in Revelation 10, and there's a purpose for it in Revelation 10. It's, it's wonderful if we will understand it, what that does, and why three full weeks why three full weeks is very important for us to understand why he did it. That's why I think in this one, he fasted seven days uh, when he did this fasting because he, he, he did something uh, very uniquely in this thing um, when he did it. And um, the Lord also, when you go to uh, uh, Revelation 10, I mean Daniel 10, it's it's really interesting there. Uh, because what he was doing and where he was and so forth and the way he saw the Lord. Um, anyway, he was standing by the great river, the great river they called it the Tigris, which is, it's actually the same. It's a Hedekiah. It's the the river, the second river of the, um, that the Lord made in the um, Genesis 2. It's the same river they're talking about, the same name and so forth. This is what they're talking about, is that river. And you'll understand why is that important. I'm going to go over it. Well, I'll make this more clear tomorrow night. We'll go over it. This is the best I understand it uh, at this time. But I, I, I've always thought that the Daniel 9 was the thing where he did the uh, the 21 days. It was just a thing that I've been taught by people. or However I got it, I don't know. But that's not what it looks like. It looks like something else. And I don't see where it says 21 days referring to this. And there's a special reason to this, and I'll bring it tomorrow night, and we'll talk about it. And I'll verify. All, I want to review it and pray with it, the Lord, uh, to, to guide us rightly on this. But it's very interesting. I think tonight what I wanted to let you understand is the timing of the two witnesses and why 
if, when the Lord is saying that prophetic word, he's actually telling you this is the time of the judgment. The time of the two witnesses is always going to be the second part. And they come after the temple is built. It is our job to come forward and prepare everything, to get rid of sin, uh, to put everything in place to anoint the Most High. That's our job. And in the middle of the, uh, in Daniel 26 and 27, he's telling us, in the middle of that time, see, it says, uh, let me go, go with Daniel 9, 26 here real quickly, and 27. It says, and after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. See, that's when the Lord came and he was cut off. But, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, is Messiah the prince? See, he's the son of David. And remember, the reason why that's really important is on April 6th, interesting thing is, it gives you the thing. This is when he came and cursed the fig tree the second day. But on the first day, he comes into the city and he cast out the money changers. He's always said he's going to judge the shepherds first. And then on the second day, uh, he comes out and he curses the fig tree, the nation, because they aren't bearing fruit. And he's really chasing, uh, cursing a very young tree that shouldn't be bearing fruit. But it is because why? Because they didn't teach their children. They didn't do what he said in Malachi. He's warning us in Malachi 4.2. We don't turn and honor our parents and honor our children. Then he's going to come and curse the earth, which is what he did in uh, the second day when he cursed that young fig tree. He's cursing the children. The cursing of the children, the earth means the children that are to come. It is our job to bring forth the generations, even for the millennium. And we're not doing it. And we're not teaching them the way of the words and the way of the kingdom. That's the way of the seventh spirit. All the work of the kingdom must be done in this generation before the 6,000 years, before the millennium starts. We have to complete what it says in Daniel 9.24. And that takes seven years. He's telling us this, this seven years is to overcome the beast. This is before the Antichrist and them come forward, before the ten kings. The, ten, the people of the ten kings will have dominion because they're the leftovers of the fifth, fifth beast kingdom that's reigning now that he's going to destroy. He's going to wound it. This system will go on because the people won't let it go, They'll, even though he punishes them, even though he brings his pegs on them. And remember that they hate the two witnesses when they come because they come, to the best of my knowledge, the best of the scripture description, is they come after the rapture event. They, the rapture should be in the midst of the morning for his people. We have to prepare the tabernacle. But when he says he's taken away the sacrifice and the offerings, he's taken away those people because he says he's coming to take those up who made a sacrifice for him, Psalms 50 and 4. So he's making an end to the sacrifice. That means the kingdom is done at that time. He is, at the midst of his day, he's going to declare his kingdom is done, which is normal because that's the end of three and a half years. Because what is he? He's the fourth spirit. Fourth council, in other words, that's his council, and he has to have it done by the midst of this time. And then it goes on, and he testifies through it to his two witnesses, through those left behind. So we're in that time frame, the best of my understanding, and we'll get more clarity as God is continuously pouring this out. Now he says they'll destroy the city and the sanctuary, and I told you that the moat, they don't have a wall, but the wall, he says, is going to be built as the wall of the words. That's what it's a wall. It, the, the, the whole idea of the city of Jerusalem was to build a foundation of peace. And he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will have the kingdom of God. 
God is a wall. Satan can't penetrate his word. And so that's the wall he's talking about. And the moat is that separation. We come out from their city and we're washed by the water of the word. The, the moat is the water that's running around us that they don't have. We're washed by the water of the word and that word keeps us separated from them. And the continuation of the pouring out of the washing is the separation to them. So he says, even in troublesome time. And after 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the princes to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood. And till the end, and that's the flood which he's talking about in Revelation 12, which is when Satan was cast down to the earth, which was the beginning of the day of the Lord. There's none up in the second heaven. There's none out there in the planets. They're on the earth, all these demonic spirits. They could be down in the tunnels with the, that the crown trust and all of them have prepared. And demons could have been there a long time, but they're not some army that's there. This is cast down from God's heaven, I mean, from the second heaven. They're now on the earth. Shadow of death is now emptied. Michael kicked them out of there. And uh, it goes on, and he says, He shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. What's that mean? The one week is the seven years. So we had the warning of the, of the, the winter season to come out. Because dominion has been given to the Lord and the judgment's rendered. But now we're come to the morning and that's the one week. That's the seven years. And he's saying he's coming at this time to confirm his covenant. That means like, you know, if you, in other words, do the salve, God's going to respond. He's going to open your eyes. You're going to start receiving the words if your heart is right. If you're like uh, Saul and you don't believe in the words and you anoint your eyes and you, you fast and anoint your eyes for three days, Watch what God does on the fourth day. I believe he'll cause you to begin to see the words. If you've done it with a heart that is actually desiring to know the truth, know the power of God and the words of God. He's looking for his fishermen, the people who have the words of God, at, like in Luke 24, 44, and 45, the words that he spoke when he was with us, that can go out and take the fish, the words, and bring forth the fish from the people. Let them see these are the words. In other words, when you take the fish, he's saying, take my words, and show the difference to the people. And they'll see that your fish are greater than theirs. Because you'll be able to show them that this is what enables them to pass through the judgment. And that's what he's going to do now. He's ready for anointing the people. Before the trouble comes, he's going to bring out his, you know, he's going to bring out the 144,000. He's going to bring out his disciples. Understand that the fishermen are going to be more than the 144,000. They're going to be more than that. But that's the promise of God with the remnant. I think he's going to bring out millions. When he had the 12 disciples and, and he went to the to the, to the resurrection, I mean, uh, when he raised up after the, after the you know, when he ascended into heaven, um, when he did that, there were more than, what, 500 and some there, disciples. And there was people that followed him all the time. These are what God is going to bring now, these fishermen, these people that call to get the message of the words, because it's the words that we're going to be judged by, John 12, 48. He's calling for these people to come out now. We're in that time. And what he's saying is he's going to confirm the covenant with many for the one time. It means in this time, those who are keeping the covenant, those who are doing the ways of the new covenant, not the ways of the old, the ways of the new covenant going forth in righteousness, he's going to confirm it to them. The others are going to be shamed. Those who will not receive the new covenant aren't keeping it. He will not confirm it to them. Confirmation means you've got it, and he's going to uh, give you 
the finishing touch to it, which is he's going to cause you to understand it. And he's going to give you authority to go forth using the words, anointing people's eyes, I salve, and blessing them with the Holy Spirit, blessing them with the right to receive the words. In other words, what you bind in heaven, uh, bind on earth, we bound in heaven because they had the spirit of truth. We haven't had that. And he's about ready to confirm it. When he confirms it, we're able to go out and this will be done with some authority and power. And if their heart is really for the Lord, the spirit will just fall upon them and they'll begin to come. It'll be like Paul. And he didn't change. He didn't go back. He, he gave his life for it and was beaten many times for it. But he didn't. And see, it, this is what he's saying. He confirmed a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of that week, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, which is the rapture event. And then the end of it shall be with a flood. In other words, this is a different flood. This is the end when the when when the dominion goes back again, like he says in Daniel 7, 12, for 42 months, the, the two kings, I mean, the 10 kings and the Antichrist have dominion. But the 10 kings give their crown to the Antichrist, as it says in Revelation 17, 9 to 14. So that's what he's talking about. So during this dominion, the Lord is going to come with, you know, confirm the covenant for many with one week. He's going to destroy the kingdom. He's going to restore to them. He's going to break the economy of all these people. He's going to kill many that will not turn. He's going to allow them to kill each other because they got it in their heart to do so. He's going to allow their wickedness to come upon each other. But then he's going to bring an end to that. He says for about 21 months, he's going to bring an end to all that. He's going to bring the plagues. And during this time of the 21 months, the plagues will be on him. So the timing of the war is short. You see the Ezekiel 38 war, he gets tired of them quickly and he comes and stops it. And then they go into the plagues. These See, right now the Lord has given them their sins. This is what's interesting about Revelation 18, 1-4. He says that he's going to cause them to receive their share of the sins. In other words, the things that they prepared to do. That's the sins. Uh, like it says in Jeremiah 16, 15-18. It's not the iniquity. Iniquity is the things done. The sins are the plans, the thoughts in their minds, and the works that they're preparing for the evil that they're doing. And he says they're going to receive a share of those sins and a share of the plagues that God is going to give them when he stops their sins. But, you know, the sins quickly become iniquity or sins completed. They're no longer planned sins. They're doing them. But they have an even greater plans that he's going to intervene with, and he's going to punish them with the plagues for that. That's why he says, you know, they're going to share in their sins. That's the iniquities. And then they're going to share in the plagues, which he stops their plans. And they're going to pay back double uh, for that. So it's a terrible thing that they're going to have coming because double and double means the ways of the four spirits, which is exactly what I said about the way the fourth seal judgment shows you he's going to do it. And the punishments are coming in the way of the four spirits. Okay. I, I think I've explained to you nine, Daniel 9.27 is talking about now. It's talking about the rapture. And it's talking about after that. And then it's talking about the time when he gives the dominion back to the sixth and seventh kingdom. And then they'll be destroyed. And there'll be a thousand-year millennium. And then after the millennium, there'll be a short time where the devil is brought back and tempts the people. And a great multitude will follow him. And then the Lord is going to throw down fire and just consume them all at one time. Just like he did the 250 at the time of Korah's rebellion. All right, I pray that this has been helpful tonight, and I pray that you will uh, be able to listen to this. I know it's rambling, and I pray that you'll be able to understand it. I pray I haven't done too bad a job of, uh, that, that will block you from understanding. Lord, let all things be judged by you. Let all things be taught by you. Lord, give all your correction. Give your blessing. 
please, Lord, anoint the eyes. Your kingdom has come. Don't let it fail, Lord. You said you would separate a people and you would cause your glory to be known on the earth. And you do that through people. Through the doing of your words, your glory is made known because your glory is made known when the people bring things forth from your storehouse. And your glory is made known when you've done this because you said in the Bible that there will be sons of God. Sons of God are those who receive your word. Therefore, Lord, please do not let that fail. Let this all be completed. Lord, we thank you for your great promises. Lord, don't fail your word. And Lord, accept us. We're not worthy. We're not even fit to be in a position we have. Lord, my sins are horrible. Lord, for whatever reason, you're allowing me to make this known. I pray, Lord, you'll, you'll continue to help people there, Lord. Let them hear it from you, Lord. Let them see it in your scriptures and see it in your words. We ask it in thy precious and thy holy name. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.